all things Aussie hoops and NBL fantasy. Three blokes catching up over a can of three. So many things that we cannot wait to see. Do we like cheese and Pinot now that Wetzel chose to go? Or with a sieve and some Frenchman, can the pretzel raise his dough? The defending champ signed Dalavidova. Mojave's still the next star, but will he supernova? There are makers and hunters and cooks for the kings, but will it end up in championship rings? Harvey's floating around again. He'll be picking rolling with Big Juke Reef and two blokes named Froling. We love Big Will that thrills and Kai Soto from the fills and Big Zim on the rim with Machado feeding him with a bullet spear force with Sobe and Tyrell. When the law's headed west, only time will tell. So without further ado, we're back for MBL 22. G'day listeners, you're back with Benny Banksy and Boydie, the basketball blokes, dribbling all things Aussie hoops and NBL fantasy, and we're going to do the review a bit differently this week, Benny. Yes, we are, mate. We've got a special guest, is one of the reasons, and the second reason is because the man you probably expect to be the top bloke this week is not the top bloke. He actually came in second place, and being in second place is a bit of a touch-to subject for our man Banksy at the moment, so we've got to keep his confidence up, right, Boydie? We've got to keep his confidence up. Mm, pump it up. Uh, um, but also finishing second place, Boydie, your Bengals, we build it up, mm. Joey Burrow, the Dalling Love. Mm. How are you going? Just thought I'd check in with you. Not too bad, mate, not too bad. I actually wasn't that confident going in, and uh, I think we probably were a little bit lucky to be as close as we were at the end there, with OBJ going down in the first half, so... Look, we're a young, very young side. I think someone even mentioned, I think we're almost on average 10 years younger than their side. So um, I'm, I'm happy with the future. Very good. Um, just thought I'd check in with you, Banks. Are you, you going all right, mate? Nothing wrong with second, Benny. Nothing wrong with second at all. Um, they used to be prize money for second. Yeah, I know. That, that would be nice. But um, look, long way to go. We're only halfway through the season. So lots to play out this week. Now, Bordy, one thing... That was good about the Super Bowl was the halftime show, which I enjoyed mm. a lot. It made mm-hmm. me feel old. It was full of nostalgia for me. But um, on the theme of nostalgia, instead of, instead of just doing our one-week look back in our review, we're going back throughout the history of NBL Fantasy and NBL Dream Team with our special guest, the man behind the at MBL underscore DT Twitter handle. Pretty sure he's got more followers than, followers than us. <gasps> Nick, thanks for joining us, mate. Great to have you on. Thanks, boys. It's great to be on. Um, long-time listener, first-time caller. Is that how we say it? <laughs> That's yeah, right. absolutely. Hopefully not the last time. <laughs> Appreciate you having us on, boys. It's been, been a good season so far. Um, currently, 147th. Oh, uh, so I'm back back inside the 150s, which is which is good, um, and ha- finally had a good week this week. Beautiful. Jeez, you're almost you're almost catching me, mate. I think I dropped about 60 spots or something this week, unfortunately. Um, that uh, losing that uh, Illawarra triple blew up my team basically, so uh, I'm in a bit of trouble. But that's okay. What is, what is your highest fantasy finish? Just so we we go get the credentials out there, just for the listeners. So, so oh, it's it's little known uh, that because of because of the changeover between the games, um, that I actually won the last fantasy game. So the last real dream team, and, oh, and wow. you wouldn't you wouldn't believe it though, they they dropped the prize no. on the year that I won it. Oh no! no. So nothing. It's, it's, bragging rights. It, and that's it. And so I'll always be the king because 
um, <laughs> you know, no, no one will ever uh, play real Dream Team again. So, um, yeah, there it is. Nothing like go. going out on top. That's what they say. That's it. That's it. Thanks. Yeah, that's a good segue for a question, mate. It is. Uh, good to have you on, Nick. Um, we've got a couple of questions. So let's start with, uh, we know the Twitter handle stands for MBL Dream Team. We all played MBL Dream Team, but... For those who may not know, can you just explain what MBL Dream Team was and uh, I guess some of the, the differences, the main differences between the two platforms? Yeah, no dramas. I think the first um, thing for people to know is that it was the original game um, mm-hmm. and, and it was there prior to Fantasy coming along and it was run by the league uh, and, it, and it had similar sorts of prizes uh, along the way, I think, until uh, FanHub <laughs> came in. And, and changed it a little bit in, in terms of what they wanted to roll with. So the biggest difference with the scoring uh, was penalties, I think, for missed shots. Uh, so say a player went one from six in a game. Uh, in fantasy, you'd only lose two points. Uh, but in Dream Team, that you lost ten points. Uh, so it was negative two for every single <laughs> shot missed. Yes. So, so that meant those, those guys that were high-volume shooters... Uh, the ones that you avoided and, and you tried to pick guys that uh, were a bit more efficient with what they did. Chris um, Golding a couple of games back wouldn't have looked too good, I wouldn't have thought. That's exactly right. So when when you used to see, uh, I think, who was it? Uh, Rath and Mays, was it the negative two or whatever he scored or negative three the other week? Um, you used to see players constantly finishing the negatives uh, and there's nothing worse than them on your field uh, and you're actually losing points for having a guy playing. <laughs> Um, other things were rebounds, so we never we never had a difference between uh, offensive and defensive rebounds. Uh, and and currently, it's one of my pet hates when you know when Zimmerman uh, deliberately misses one of his layups to uh, to get himself another offensive rebound, Good and it's fantasy. rewarded it's rewarded with points um, <laughs> when he puts it back in. But I think the the biggest difference was the structure of, of the way it was set out too. Uh, so currently we've got obviously the six positions or five positions plus a six man. Uh, back in the day that you got two forwards, one centre and two guards. So And then you also had players that were dual position so they could play any of your guard spots, any of your forward spots. Uh, so you had a bloke that could play, you know, four different spots in your team. Yeah, I do. Um, I, now I do remember that. Now that year, um, because it was uh, we were trying to bring back memories because it was a long time ago. Now, when did that game phase out? A- when did it phase out? Yeah, I think it was around seventeen, eighteen. Yeah, yeah. Was, yeah. I was going to say it was a little while ago, and I know Banksy and I definitely played. We used to catch up for was it Wednesday night Banksy or Thursday night NBL? They used to always be on fantasy mum, Wednesdays. You're talking yeah, about yeah, fantasy Wednesdays. I think Banks's mum always used to cook something good for dinner generally, so you'd find me there. <laughs> And uh, and I and where yeah, we'd be uh, we were playing the game then. I, I reckon we probably already know this question of the answer. Sorry, this I've, question. I've got a I've got a quick one. Sorry, Boyd. Okay, okay. Break evens. You used to be able to work out break evens. Is that the biggest thing that we miss from the old? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Like you, you weren't flying blind. Um, you know, like we are at the moment. Uh, and you were able to sort of see and know, you know, exactly what. It was going to happen, uh, and I and I think that that that's something maybe we could we could work on. Maybe some of the followers out there might be able to uh, yeah put together something, uh, and I'm happy to pop it into the sheet, or or we can pop it on your site, and we'll uh, we'll get it going. 
I actually, I'm, I'm probably maybe in the minority, but I like the herbs and spices, the unknown element to it. To be you're honest, in, you're in the, yep, you are. In I, the and I play this. You're in the minority. I know I play this. I know I play this. I don't know the devil advocate maybe role on the podcast all the time it seems, but um, I just think it's a little bit more. I don't know. It just adds a little bit more something to it, a bit more luck and a bit more uh, frustration, a bit more art rather than just science. And we, don't want, don't for, we don't want luck. Yeah, but don't don't forget that we now cap price increases as well. You know, back in the day there was no such thing as a cap, so you know a person could go up in a, in a sense in in the game that we play now. You could go up 300, 400k in a in a week, yeah. uh, and and it made it really hard to, I guess, if you didn't get those blokes early. Uh, it made it very hard to uh, chase them down. So the capping does does work, and it gives people, you know, a bit more of a look at certain players. Fair enough. So I think we know the answer to this one maybe already. But which which you reckon overall better scoring system? Yeah, I think the current system is a little more complicated, uh, which can be good in terms of differentiation in terms of the scores. Uh, so I think from memory. The DT version, we could only ever have an even number uh, because nothing was ever an odd number in terms of the uh, the scoring system. So it was either a two or a four, uh, and or a negative two. Uh, but I do love I do love the double double concept. I think that adds such a, a you know excitement towards the end of a game when you know players on nine rebounds and you're just hoping you know you're just praying <laughs> that he gets that one board you know to to go over the line and then. Then you get the sub off and you think, oh, you know, here we go. Uh, or might... the late adjustment. Yeah. <laughs> like J-Mart. J-Mart was right. my captain. I was praying that, that that rebound was added and um, got it with the adjustments. So. Was that paying yeah. paying or praying? Uh, yeah, paying. Sorry. Oh, sorry. Yeah, carry on. Sorry. <laughs> That's all right. So I think um, I did, I did though, enjoy watching with the simpler format because you used to, uh, used to be able to just sit and watch and, and add up your score as you went. Uh, I know we can do it these days, but uh, but it definitely has uh, it has a different way of, of of complicating it with offensive versus defensive and all that sort of stuff. Um, but my my favourite was uh, you know when a poor free throw shooter would go to the line uh, and, and a missed free throw was negative two, and, oh, no. and you know think of Zimmerman the other night and he was just rocking out negative four, negative four, and oh, it's so frustrating, but. Um, yeah, so I think in summary, I think I did enjoy the old version a little bit more, but but certainly it's been there's some things that have been added that that I've enjoyed. Beautiful. I think we need some sort of hybrid potentially, but uh, let's start walking back. You've got actually a bit of a, a website still up um, that has some really good historical data on it, and um, I'm sure Bank Banksy knows the hard work of uh, just doing some game logs and things and just some absolutely irrelevant players you have to include in there, but they're all there. Uh, kudos to you. But I wanted to go back to basically my first memory of my of playing NBL Dream Team, and it was I remember it being it was Alex Loughton's first season. He'd just come to Australia, and he was such a good cash cow. That's what I remember. And I remember Julius Hodge came partway through the year. Um, I remember him being good. What Were they actually good that season? Absolutely. Um, Loughton's first season uh, was incredible. Uh, he, he averaged around 30 points a game or 30 DT points a game, which which would equate, I reckon, to about 35 to 40 in fantasy. Um, so right now, I think this partway through the season, he'd be up around the 1.2 mil 
um, mark yep. in a fantasy comp, which you can imagine as a cash cow would be uh, would be amazing. Mm. Um, yeah. Hodge Hodge was also a gunny. Yeah, as you said, came in mid-year, almost averaging a double-double for the season. Uh, and I, I had him around 46 as a DT average. Uh, but certainly in the fantasy format, he, he'd be a little bit more with his double-doubles, and I reckon he'd be up around the 60 mark. Um, given that he did lose, you know, he was a volume shooter as well. True. Uh, so lost a lot of points uh, for missed shots and obviously didn't get those extra double-doubles. Thanks, you. We have some questions <laughs> that we got through from our patrons on the uh, Discord chat here, Nick. Um, first one was from Nathan V of the Jacking Jumpers. He said, I can remember a Rick Rickett. I can't even tell you who that is. Um, purple patch, but was probably 2007. Did well for my team, Kapina Tech. Kapina Tech. Come on, Kapina Tech. Tech. Yes, Kapina Tech. What a great Jeez, name. <laughs> Uh, uh, Rick, oh, Rick okay. Rickett. Uh, yeah, I had to do I had to do a bit of a search for Rick Rickett, and uh, in the sheet it's come up with him averaging forty eight point two in one of his seasons, which is Oof, huge. What a great um, memory! Yeah, a- averaging a double double uh, in the first league uh, in the first season that he played in the league. So uh, you know that that's a great pickup and a great memory there from Nathan. Thanks. You next one. Very good. So I got one from Watto as well. So he's got Cam Glidden. 2015 Cairns all-conquering team compared to now. Uh, I guess was his first part. Second part, CJ Bruton, my favourite, or who was the dominant player for New Zealand's three-peat from 2011 through 13? Mm, yeah, there's a, there's a few there. I, I, I liked, um, in terms of New Zealand, uh, Gary Wilkinson was uh, one who uh, who was very fun to follow uh, back in the Big day. Big red-headed fella. Yes, yes, very fiery. Uh, big bloke, loved the rebound. You know, uh, he was a great scorer. Uh, in terms of Glidden, I, I still remember when uh, I did a, I did, I think I did a pre-season newsletter back in the day, a bit like awesome. the cheat sheet, um, and and it had Glidden at forty thousand uh, dollars, which is you know basement price, and he and he ended up averaging twenty seven in that debut season. So he he's been pretty consistent across the years. Uh, probably dropped away a little bit over the last couple, but uh, been a stalwart over the years for sure. All righty, uh, a couple of bigger name Aussie blokes here. Uh, Bucks gave us Anstey and uh, Marco with Wertho, who were both pretty good scorers back in their day. Absolutely. Anstey, um, you know, is one of the highest averaging that I've got on my records. Uh, so he, he had a 61 average back in 08, 09. Um, so you could imagine that'd be that'd be almost 80-odd, especially with his double-doubles that he would have That'd be Bogut-like. Bogut-like, yeah. Thought. Yeah. Yep, and he's probably as close to Bogut, you know, as, as the game had prior to Bogut. Uh, and in terms of Wervo, um, a great mainstay. Like, he, he was as consistent as they came. Uh, you could bank off his doubles, you know, to, to get 60 points, um, up to up to 100 points over the round. So uh, I think he had a, a season that was just shy of 50 in terms of an average. So an, another, another one that was a stalwart for most of our teams. I'm going to chuck one in there quickly, Ben, before since you interrupted me before. The one that got away in the uh, in the 14-15 season, their sole season playing in the NBL, Brock Modem, averaging 37 and a half. Like what could have been? Yeah, so I'll, I'll, I've got I've got a little stat on Brock Modem's first game a bit later on. 
um, it, it was it was one where Childress went nuts. Um, but yeah, I still remember it brought Modem, you know, coming in. I was watching the game because I thought, you know, how good's this guy going to be? And then uh, Childress stole the show. Um, did any of you guys find it interesting that uh, Mark O asks about Mark Wertho? Is this a burner account? <laughs> Is this a burner account? I'm not too sure, but uh, no wonder you like him, Marco. Um, the other one. The uh, we want, I thought we'd try and get some NBL personalities and Homicide Williams, a man who once who, who's been a promoter of NBL fantasy for one season and uh, had the worst team ever made. Doesn't really. We've asked him <laughs> hundreds of times if he wants to be in a league or do anything. He's really not interested. But was Tells he actually talk a decent? To his, uh, talk to his manager or something, doesn't he? Talk to <laughs> PR guy. But was he actually a good fan, NBL Dream Team player? I'm guessing it would have been. Well, firstly, shout out to Homicide. Uh, shout out. You know, he, he loves his shout outs, doesn't he? Uh, but he, he was pretty consistent across his, uh, I think it was three seasons, a couple for Townsville, one for uh, Melbourne. Um, and I think arguably his best season scoring-wise was with Melbourne, uh, even though they, they did struggle when he was there, and, and that's probably why it was his last season here. Uh, but he did. He was a mid-30s DT guy, um, you know, comparable to someone like, um, yeah, Peyton Seaver probably. Um, you know, at, at his best, I guess Peyton Seaver at his best is 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 a similar player to what Homicide was for uh, for both Townsville and then uh, and then Melbourne. All right, three big men with big hair. We've got coming on next the bit the big the big Wazoo Kazoo Julian Kazoo, Josh Childress and probably one we forget about a little while, but another guy came back from the NBA, Luke Shensha. Absolutely. So I think, uh, yeah, Julian Kazoo, if you if you ever played the game, you know, back in the earlier days, uh, probably late, late 2008, 8, 9-ish way, um, he, he was a dominant force. Uh, so if you think of what Bogey was a couple of years ago, you know, that that's exactly what Kazoo was. Uh, he was a must-have. And you just, you know, you banked him as, as your centre for pretty much the whole season without having to trade him out. Yeah. Um, because most people's doubles didn't even reach his singles, um, <laughs> and, and with the with the way the prices were going, uh, you just couldn't bring him back in, even by trading out two players. So it was like you just kept him for his whole season. Um, Four seasons. He wasn't never averaged less than fifty-two, was it? Fifty-two, yeah, fifty-three, yeah. something like that. Yep, and, and he was he wasn't, wasn't quite yeah he wasn't quite as good at that second stint when he came back, but he was still someone that you needed over his doubles and. And, uh, you know, it was great to have him back in that league for, I think, I don't know if it was two seasons or one season he came back for, but it was it was certainly good to have him back. No double-double bonuses either in this either. So That's crazy right. Crazy numbers. Not not sure about you, Blakes, but I did. I, like, I currently like the game without the dominant guys, though, um, mainly for fantasy purposes, though, because they're, they're great to watch, obviously, NBL-wise. But captains are so much more interesting, I reckon, when you've got three or four equal options rather than everyone just choosing the same one each week. What do you think about that, Banksy? Well, there's no <laughs> there's no Auto Mooney uh, captain this year, is there? So, yeah, it, it's definitely made it less vanilla and it's made my job a little harder in, in doing the captains every week as well. Yeah, so my, minus that JLA run of the last couple of weeks, um, it's, it's been pretty consistent across the top. And I, and I think we've got you know, five or six guys that are averaging within five points of each other at the top. Yep. So, you know, it's it's a great season currently. Uh, getting back to it, Childress, what a, he was, um, you know, absolutely underrated, Gun. I think, what he did in our league. Uh, 
I still remember, as I was saying, that that game that he he played, Brock Modem's first game, he absolutely torched the Sixers. I think everyone was watching to see Modem, and then Childress thought, nah, you know, I'm going to put on a show. And he had 36 and 19, uh, 36 points, 19 Large. rebounds, seven assists, and five blocks. Damn, oh, that's like <laughs> type numbers. Have you done Ooh, the numbers yeah. on that or what? <laughs> I, I did converted it to fantasy as well, so that listeners can and think about this 123. Oh, Jesus. Ooh. That'd probably be the biggest, wouldn't it? I know Sobe had 100 score a couple of years ago now, but with a triple double, oh, that was. Triple but... double, yeah. Yeah, not even a triple-double, 123. And then I think from memory, he, he backed it up with an 80 straight afterwards, and uh, and his and his price went up like 60000 It was <laughs> insane. Um, he, he was a star, though, just off the field as well, uh, constantly communicating with fans around when he had injuries, when he, you know, when he was playing, when he wasn't playing, uh, keeping us in the loop. And I think that season he ended up averaging just over 50. Uh, and, and the nearest to him was around the 40s. So he was a star. Yep. And, and Big Shensha, um probably most will remember his last season, uh, which, you know, wasn't wasn't great, uh, yeah. where he really struggled. But he, he was a gun when he first came in the league, averaged a double-double in his first season, uh, and I think that was around 49 Dream Team uh, for, for a season. So he was someone that we, we, we had in our teams all the time. Very good. All right, what about some old guys that are still going? When did uh, Daniel Johnson first show first signs of a, a fantasy game? DJ. Yeah, good question, DJ. Um, you know, someone that probably until this season uh, has been a stalwart in our fantasy teams as well. Mr. Consistent. Uh, he probably was suited to the other format because he was really efficient with his shooting back in the day. You know, you'd have days of 9 of 10 and you know, 10 of 11 or whatever of shooting. So he was showing signs when he first started at Melbourne, which was back in 11 and 12. Uh, but it really was when he hit Adelaide, you know, that he broke out. Uh, and and I think there was a time there, yeah, when he first started Adelaide, I think was the only time we got him for under $150,000, uh, which is around about, let's say, 1.5 mil uh, fantasy-wise. So he, he, was, he was a... Great player to have in the team and, and really consistent. Someone has asked about DJ this week in our questions later on. So very, very relevant and pretty awesome to see that he he's so good so far back. Boardman, you're up next. <sighs> am I? Yeah, I am. You're right. Sorry, but sorry about that. I've lost track <laughs> on the old uh, run sheet here. Um, suffering from a bit of lack of sleep at present. Do you need a calculator? You're all right. No, I don't. <laughs> yeah, I don't need a calculator. I love how someone Appreciate some wise cracks from the from last, uh... last, last week, though. So it's all good. No worries. Um, the NBA guys, I guess big, big, big jingles. Tori Craig. Yeah, so I think, you know, the, the, he's the original, um, isn't he, Joe Ingalls? Uh, the original next star, probably. That's it. Uh, South Dragons represent. Yeah, absolutely. He he started 19, uh, played up until 21, and then obviously went over overseas. But um, he, he wasn't as prolific as we would think, uh, given what he's done in the NBA over the years. He, he was averaging early 30s, sometimes uh, low, low. Oh, sorry, yeah, sometimes high 20s. Okay. Um, but certainly not not to the extreme of the big guys uh, that we've spoken about before. Uh, Torrey Craig was was certainly someone who was really consistent. Uh, and, and he gave you 40s most weeks. Uh, and I think that, that that's sort of where his average lies 
and, and he was really consistent. He had a, had a high of maybe 82. Uh, he hit one day and, and a low of about 22. So he was pretty consistent nice. in there. And I like how you're dropping this one in because I was going to bring it up as well because Benny hadn't put it in. But the last one, the forgotten That's man. That's it. The forgotten man, which is Paddy Mills. Uh, you know, we, we had that NBA lockout, uh, which meant Mills came down and played for Melbourne. Uh, it, and, he, and he absolutely starred. But it didn't really equate to, uh, to great dream team scoring because, again, he was a heavy volume shooter. Uh, yep. He was putting up, uh, I think, nearly 20 shots a game. Uh, and probably hitting about 10, but losing 20 points uh, just on missed shots. So he, he ended up averaging around 30. Um, but it was brilliant to see him in the league, and, and it's so good to see what he's done over there. Now, the final man was a, is a man who was a good fantasy coach. Uh, I think he finished top three a few years back in Sean Redditch. But was he a good fantasy player? Because I remember him being almost must-own a decade ago. Yeah, I've got a lot of respect for Sean Redditch. Uh, not many guys could front up each week after spending as much time with the four as he did uh, with his with his flopping around. But um, in terms of uh, dream team, he he was a stalwart. He he was an absolute gun and and someone again that you could trust on that double to pick up those consistent numbers. Uh, really enjoyed staying up late to those 9:30 games when uh, <laughs> when he was uh, when he was captain because you you guarantee to uh, go to bed a happy person. Dedication. Um, <laughs> Well, while talking about Perth, though, uh, I was looking through some old numbers and, and Cotton, who is a uh, an absolute gunner, he actually started with a score in Dream Team of 60 in his first game. Um, so yeah. he, he's, he's been dominating since since day one and I don't reckon we'll ever see a guard as good for as long in this league, uh, I think, ever again. So um, brilliant to watch him. And I think I put in one memory, and I'm not sure if anyone else remembers this, but Mike Dunnigan, um, <laughs> Perth player. If you we can't should remember, rem- we boys, should remember him. <laughs> I'm not surprised you don't, but he, he only played four games uh, as an injury replacement, and that was back in the day where the injury replacement rules were uh, were ridiculous. Um, in that I think you couldn't play to even replace another player. Um, but but for those that played Dream Team, you'd remember that he absolutely dominated. So I never picked him because I knew Knight, he replaced Matt Knight, but I, I knew that Knight would never be out for long. Uh, and in four games, he absolutely destroyed my season. Uh, <laughs> he averaged a double-double, and, and those that picked him up got an absolute huge bump over the top of me. And, and when Knight returned... Uh, I still remember people were trying to message Matt Knight to sit out a few more weeks so that they could uh, <laughs> they could keep milking the cow. Um, but he, he went up, you know, he went up about 60k and it, and it absolutely killed us. Um, but yeah, the, they couldn't keep him because back in the day the league had a rating system on players. I don't know if you remember, boys, but players used to. So there was no salary cap, but you could only have a certain amount of points, and the league would rate each player. It's not like um, a yeah, based on how good they thought they were. And uh, Matt Knight was rated a 10, and Dunnigan as an import was rated a 10, and, and they couldn't keep both. So they, they did. They had to let go of Dunnigan. And he, so he only played four games, but he knocked me out of the top 10, so I'll never forget him. <laughs> uh, so he was basically the Glenn Rice that you should have selected. Exactly what That's I was exactly, exactly right, Glenn Rice. Beautiful. Love it. All right. Um, thanks for that trip down memory lane, mate. That's been great fun for, for me. But let's look ahead now and let's go to the NBL Fantasy News. NBL Fantasy News. 
fellas, we've got a signing. We have mm. a signing. A Sydney Kings uh, have selected technically an injury but replacement for Geordie Hunter, actually. Um, but they had the import slot available and they have selected Ian Clark. Now, he's in the fantasy system as a million-dollar shooting guard only. Um, obviously, it's uh, well known the amount of NBA experience that he has. Used to be Steph Curry's backup. Um, not, I'll, I'll get your thoughts on him as a as a fantasy prospect. Last played in China. Um, last played in China with a couple of players from teams I support. Any any guesses uh, who he was playing with as teammates in his last? Oh, actually, Bordy, what club did he play for in China? Pronunciation. Yes. Oh, that'd be yes. Flying Tigers. No, the fur, the what's the main name? Oh, Jingjing, Jingjing. <laughs> You're probably not not too far off, but um, so the Flying Tigers. He uh, played with uh, my Houston boy Demarius Modiunas, and also Joe Chi. Oh, so there you go. So well, um, obviously the Bogut connections, no doubt, helpful here to get him across the line. Former teammates during their time at Golden State Warriors. Um, who he is a Vasiljevic owner. Yes. Okay, Banksy. I give us your thoughts on Ian Clark and what your thoughts are on him as a prospect, and what you're thinking about Vasiljevic or how it might play out. Well, some of the matchups was Vasiljevic versus Rowdy last week, so that was a killer because I think Rowdy sort of outscored him by 75 to 80 points across the double, so that was a a big fail in my team. But um, yeah, I guess instant reactions are great signing. For the club, no doubt. Um, I think he'll be a really good fit, but um, instant reactions fantasy-wise is that they become a little bit stacked now. And as we know with their schedule, they've got to run a singles. I've got four kings myself, so I'm trying to get kings out, not bring them in. So I don't think he's going to be a fantasy prospect for many of us. Um, so, Banksy, you're in, you're in four king hell by the sounds of it. Yeah, that's that's one way you can put it. And um, I guess the good news is, you know, the, the price of Cooks and... J-Mart, I can pretty much bring anyone in for those guys. But, um, yeah, I think if you weren't already getting your Kings out, I mean, he's probably going to see the other guys take a bit of a fantasy hit. Um, points are going to come from somewhere. So, Just just, just a bit on uh, his last stint in the NBA was in the 17, 18, and 18, 19 season for the Pelicans. Average around about 15 to 19 minutes. Six to seven points a game, one and a half rebounds, one and a half assists. But in over in uh, China, last couple of seasons, been averaging. Well, the last season he's averaged about eleven points, two rebounds, and two and point three assists you know, in twenty minutes. So, can obviously put up numbers. Um, and looks like he's sort of scoring things across the board, which we like to pad the stats, as Banksy says. Nick, any thoughts on how this, how he might fit in with? The, the Kings roster with Wani potentially or DJ, yeah. we're just guessing. Yeah, I, I, I think it, I think it really hurts DJ, doesn't it? And, and it probably hurts Wani. I, I don't see him getting anywhere near as much court time with Clark around. Uh, it does provide another target, I guess, for assists for Adams. Um, but you know, I, I still think that uh, the, the Kings are definitely sellable, especially at their price and 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 what is coming forward but Clark's a, a no for me at the moment watch and see I reckon beautiful a little bit spewing he didn't uh didn't come on on the weekend because I think he was on the bench but he didn't actually suit up which is a bit of a down bit of a you bummer would have, been, would have been nice to have a little bit of a cheaper <laughs> nice hundred grand drop in the first week just to make it a little bit more enticing jeez we're they, bastards they, of fantasy coaches aren't we they, they did say <laughs> on the call that 
he, uh, I think he only trained for 20 or so minutes, but was uh, was puffed out, so they couldn't get him on. Yeah, he'd only just come off the fly, and I don't think he's played a game for two months or three months or something along those lines, so it might take a while for him, a la Rowdy, when he came in halfway through the season last year, having not played for you know, a good part of two years, really. But um, Banksy, uh, the eye test, did you happen to see Clark? <laughs> Very good. I didn't see him, but I know what he looks like. So if you're asking if he passes the, uh, well, the baller, baller eye test, he, he does. He certainly does. What, but have you seen, how recently have you seen him? I didn't see him on the bench on the weekend, if that's what you're asking me. Okay, because he's got a nice shade of sort of salt and pepper a la Banks style, I, All would, right. I would suggest, with the, uh, with the hair. Would you agree, Benny? Yeah, I mean, it's the first person I'm reminded to about when I look at him, to be honest. So, oh, okay. Um, <laughs> all right, Bordy, it sounded like uh, you were giving out some medical advice oh, uh, okay, earlier yeah. about uh, Rowdy and, um, you know, having him rest up initially. So it's probably a good time to go through some more medical advice, mate, with your injuries. The Injury Report with Dr. Boyd. All righty. Now, uh, I, think, I think I was copping some heat, old Dr. Boyd, on the, uh, on the Messenger, or I can't, can't even remember now how we were getting it. Maybe Twitter. Facebook. Might have been a direct Facebook. message, might have been it. But, um, Bit of bit of non-love for the Dr. Boyd. Well, Dr. Boyd's been uh, trying to work some magic at home in the last week or so in regards to his uh, his wife being a little bit ill. So just back off, Dr. Boyd, please, a little bit. Um, being an actual doctor. Back. Heroic, man. Heroic. Mm. Dr. Boyd, well, probably I'd, I'd say a, 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 no. I don't know. Not really. But um, Should we check, actually? Full-time dad. Um, um, Nick, it's not Dr. Nick, is it? Just need to make sure that... De- definitely not Dr. <laughs> Nick. Okay, all right, Boyd, you're the most qualified. Hi, everybody. You're the most qualified, mate. Keep going. Sweet. Mumford's back's probably the biggest news fantasy-wise. I think it's been confirmed by Sem. They play the throwdown, so we'll know that first. I know people might have kept Mumford after him being out with uh, COVID protocols. So, uh, obviously, uh, Sem are on the double, but I don't want to steal Banksy's thunder with the schedule, so... That's probably the biggest news back uh, in the last since we last potted. Obviously, the news came out the Humph is out for the season. He is a trade out, Gonski. Uh, it might have even made you want to maybe bring uh, Soto in as a cheap option, which I did myself. The other one we still don't know about was is Sobi missed the last couple of games now for Brisbane. They've been on singles. Oh no, they were on double last round, weren't they? Mm-hmm. Um, has missed two games. It was a game time decision for that second game of the round last week. So you would think maybe he's close, but again, no word out of Brisbane yet. But I think they've been pretty good with their um, with their uh, information drops. But the bad thing with them is they don't play till Saturday. But um, so you got what four teams that play before them. Um, so it limits your trade-in options if you um, are holding Sobe currently. Quick question without notice, Dr. Boyd. Yep, go for um, it. Sobe, if he is back, we obviously saw Lamar jump out of the box last round. He actually top scored for the round with 110. Was that a, a product, do we think, of Sobe being out? And, and will that have a big effect, do we think, when Sobe's back this week? Well, look, that's not really a medical... Uh, a question there. So, yeah. um, well, Sobi's not likely to. Of course, Sobe's not likely to come would up think, later on. I don't think. No, but, you, um, you would think if Sobi comes back, you would think that would maybe limit Pato a little bit. Um, but yeah, obviously, uh, it's the pot, the Pato we like to see as fantasy coaches. If he's in your side, of course. If he's not in your side, you don't want to see him. But um, I think him. If Sobi's back, I, I would think that he might. That might limit. Although. You know, Sobey's minutes have obviously gone to other players, so um, 
yeah, it might not be a huge drop, but yeah, you think a little bit. I think it, it might it might actually be Kadee, you know, that, that cops the biggest hit out of out of the Brisbane players if Sobey's back. Yeah, maybe. I mean, Krebs was getting minutes as well, and even Moss, who maybe isn't sort of getting the job done as much as maybe they would like. Um, so there's a few guys there, and, and even I know Weakness even got some minutes in that second game, at least if I remember watching, um, without looking at it in front of me. Um, Benny's spreadsheet's not in front of me, foolishly, but um, yeah, I think there's there's I think they'll be okay. But yeah, you might right, you might be right. Kadee might drop a little bit, but he's been playing okay, so I think he still keeps a fair shade. Beautiful. Should we get on to the scheduler? Failing to plan is planning to fail. It's time for the scheduler. All right, so we've got four rounds of data. I think we actually had the round 14 and 15 drop before last week's podcast. So we've got the the four rounds to look at again this week. Um, Cairns and the Hawks, they've got the back-to-back doubles again. So they obviously the priority. Most of us will probably have all the Hawks we're likely to have at this point with the um, the great schedule they've obviously had recently. Phoenix, another good trading target based on schedule. Um, they've got the double this week, but what I'm finding is they've got a pretty important double also in round 14. Um, I don't know about you guys, but I've got a total of zero players as it stands on the double in round 14. So may like to look at bringing in or targeting some of the SEM guys um, this week with them having a double in preparation for that round 14 double. Um, from next week, it's Adelaide and Brisbane with the back-to-back doubles. So no doubt those will be the guys we'll be targeting from next week onwards. Beautiful. Um, now, this next segment, working title, it's the main reason I got Nick on. And it's I saw Nick's content on Twitter is excellent. Um, I, I've gone with Nick's picks initially, but working title, I thought of a better one. Um, it's the dream team. Who is the dream team that we can have in our fantasy side this week? Um, this is something that Nick put out on Twitter a couple of weeks ago and last week as well. The best available team possible for the round ahead. And I think it's a really good thing that we can uh, you can compare your team as it stands and see how many you've got and uh, see how you're tracking ahead of this week. And hopefully we can make it a regular thing, Nick. So um, by all means, next week you'll have a wicked intro, but that's going to do you for now. Who is in the dream team this week? The dream team. Um, and, and I think it's important to know that uh, it is based mainly around average for the whole season. Um, I might look at tweaking it a little bit with maybe the five-round average because there are some players that may miss out today that that possibly could make it on the five-round average. But we're going to go at the guards, and I think uh, the guards are a, a weak spot this week. Uh, we currently got Harvey as the starting guard. Um, and Daly as our backup guard uh, as the two best options uh, on, on the double this week. Shooting guard, uh, I've put McCall in at shooting guard uh, with a garter, who both are obviously available at small forward as well, um, but I think there are some better options at small forward there with uh, with Creek. So I've got Creek in uh, as a starter and then Cleveland on the bench. Um I think Rowdy's probably very unlucky not to be in there, especially after his 100 this week. Uh, but, you know, I, I found it hard to drop one of those four. I don't know if you boys could, could think of a better one of those four. What do you reckon? 
Uh, it would it would be Rowdy be the unlucky one, and as a Rowdy owner, you know it would mean I'd have an extra one of uh, the dream team in my team this week. So you know I'd be biased in that that regard for sure. <laughs> Onto the power forwards, um, we've got Sam Froling still there, uh, and and I think he's he's probably one that's been down on form lately, but but he still holds the best average of the power forwards, and and in second it's Majok Deng um, who. You probably wouldn't be thinking, you know, is the second best option uh, at the power forward spot. But uh, I think with the way the doubles have fallen this week, uh, maybe White is probably the only other one that was a bit unlucky there um, mm-hmm. in terms of that. Centres, I've got uh, the big fella, JLA, who is uh, absolutely rocketing along. Uh, he, he's our starting centre. Dwot Reef on the bench um, and Zimmerman. He just got the nod over Reith as the sixth man. Um, but I think Reith does look like he's finding a bit of form. Um, so maybe maybe that one could be switched as well. Very good. So, I mean, I'm looking all right at the moment. We did with Zimmerman. He was Steven in the first game, but finished off being Zimmerman in the second with his 50. So that was good to see. Happy to see him there. But um, – Banksy Bordy, I've just gone through my team this week, which I really have hate my team in general, but I'm looking at one, two, three, four, five. I need a calculator now. Uh, six. Six players. Uh, and if we had have chucked Ryan Brokoff in there, um, it would have been seven for me this week. So I think I'm looking pretty good as far looking as the good. Dream Steam forward. How are you guys looking? Stinky, four. Thanks, this, this is an interesting thing. I'm not looking forward to this round at all based on that. Okay. Talk, I think I've got two. Two. Top like Betty here. those big names. Sitting in second overall, but I've only got two. I've got Cleveland. I've got Majok Deng. Oh, no, sorry. I've got Reith as well. So that's three Prada trades. Prada looking, trades. Yeah, looking to trade in two of the big boys this week as so. I offload my kings. So Prada trades three, after trades five. Okay. And oh, that's all right. I, th- I expect big things from Reith this week as well, looking at um, his matchup. He's got Cairns, and then he's also got a Magnalis JJs in the final game of the round. So I think he'll be pretty big this week. Beautiful. And I think that, yeah, you've okay. nailed – if you've got Jack White at power forward, you, you're basically counting him. Um, still rolling with Jessup at shooting guard, which is, is borderline, but I definitely agree that Agata and McCall, the picks uh, of those ones. Any other comments, gents? Like no, I think Nick's nailed it. Beautiful. Um, so by all means, follow Nick if you. I'm sure you do already on Twitter at mbl underscore dt. I'm sure he'll put uh, his dream team out in tweet format as well. Um, and yeah, look at how many you're going to have for this week and uh, see if it translates to a good fantasy round. But um, more specific questions that we've got, no doubt some of these players will be considered in the fantasy full court. Need an adjudication on who to trade in this week? How about a ruling on who to sit or start? Let's see who submitted their case for judgment in the fantasy full court. Alrighty, first off from Watto, can't believe I'm saying this, but do we consider DJ and White to interchange for the next four weeks? It feels so wrong, but it looks so right. Hashtag, Hashtag. unsexy trade. It is Q cheese, sorry, and Megan Nake. <laughs> Q <laughs> Got him. That's our tie dome. Um cheese cheese and Maganay. 
going for them. And the next question as well, because I think it's they were kind of joined in the end on the Discord, mate. No. Uh, sorry, yes. Uh, is JLA an absolute must-have this round, meaning you would have a zero on the bench? So this is the options. Um, this is this is the, the Daniel Johnson question I was referring to earlier. Um, and the question kind of revolves around, can you have Magne, does he do his trades and fade JLA? Or do you have Magne on the bench? in order to bring JLA and presumably captain him. Banksy, what do you think about that, mate? I guess I'm in a similar spot, and I think this sort of relates to the trades I went down with last week. I, I tried to do the right thing, tried to avoid, which was pretty much a zero on going on the bench. I had Machuk Machuk sitting there. Um, instead of bringing the big boys in like McCall and Zimmerman, I traded a Garter out, and I traded Majuk out for Quoll and Majok Deng, just so I didn't have that basically zero sitting on the bench. And I'm faced with a similar scenario this week with Magne now obviously out for a number of weeks. How did we miss that in the Dr. Boyd? Yeah, I was about to say Dr. Boyd. That wasn't in there either. So, yep, Magne out for, uh, I guess, I think it was three to four weeks, was it? What I read there, yep. So he's a must trade out. But um, I guess similar scenario for me this week is that it's either I look to trade Magne out, I can't quite get him up to JLA, but JLA is shaping as an almost must-have this round. So um, I feel I missed out by trying to do the right thing, getting the zero off the bench last week, but I'm almost leaning towards holding Magne for the one week just so I can have the big boys in there like JLA uh, and co. And, you know, you may be looking at two JLAs this week. And um, look, I had a look at his stats recently. He's averaging 66, I think it was, fantasy points per game over his last seven. So he think about, is now the, I think, has the highest average in the, the competition. Yep. The thing about JLA is that, that Melbourne have two singles in between their two doubles. So he's really possibly only a one week and then I think, you know, you got to do the sums, but I think you'd be better off with him out again. So, you know, do you have the trades up your sleeve to do that? That's the question in regards to JLL being... Well, um, here's, the thing, here's the thing as well. When you talk about that, right, I was yeah. obviously monitoring the team that, that now has moved into first overall, and they had JLA last week, and they played JLA on a single last week there as well. Um, and JLA outscored who I had in that position on a double, which I think was Majok Deng. So do you need to worry too much about JLA being on those singles when, you know, you look at his last scores, he scored 77 last game on a single. He's outscoring a lot of guys even on a double. And even the game before that, he had the single in round 10 and scored 87 with that 2020 game. So he's absolutely monstering at the moment. And I think out of his last seven games, he's had six double doubles as well. Nick, I'd love your thoughts, mate. Yeah, I, I tend to agree there with Banksy. I think that, um, you know, he's also going to keep rising in price, given what he's scored over the last five weeks. Um, you know, you almost guaranteed another 100K next week. Uh, and at worst, you can trade him next week, you know, to someone like a Robert Franks, who's going to have two doubles in a row, um, you know, and make, well, Franks will probably go down another 100K. So you could make 200K just based on those trades if, if you're thinking forward. Um, and this is the other thing that what I raised, which I tried to touch on in the weekly newsletter as well, which was this concept of the perfect pair. We all have a perfect he- pair here on the basketball blokes. And Daniel Johnson and White, he mentioned earlier, as 
the perfect pair because you interchange them, right? So you're looking for that combination of the same position. Like just imagine if you could work it where you've got your JLA and Big Cam Bairstow or maybe you even go your Daniel Johnson and then because Bordy raises a really good point that is he that rental using your two trades? Have you already got kings you got to get rid of? You know, how do you prioritise these things? But um, if you can work it to sit someone on the bench and and uh, have that perfect partnership going forward, then um, that is another option um, to get around just this rental that he could otherwise be, as Bordy's mentioned. So um, I think that's covered that off beautifully. So I think, I think just with the magnate too, in terms of holding, um, Franks does give an out next, next week. Uh, for the magnates, even if you do hold, you might only need 200k or so up your sleeve to get to Frank. So there's an out there next week that that's a possibility. Beautiful, great point. Um, another similar sort of question from Lado's Legends, another good fantasy coach, Patreon supporter in the top 50, looking at their trade options. So um, Adams and Magnay out for Rath and Mays and JLA, or Adams and Magnay out for a combination of Dally or Harvey and Duop Wreath. So, um, so this is the issue, I guess. First, first things first. Banksy, um, which combination would you choose out of those? Wrath and Maze and JLA with the captaincy, or Dally slash Harvey with Duop? I think I would lean towards XRM and JLA based on this week because I think JLA is a great captain option. Um, I guess in that second option, you're, you're still looking at potentially trading in like a Dally who's got the single next week anyway. Don't have great confidence in Dally. He was he had some great bursts in the last couple of games, but he, I also noticed he had really big periods where his bench started the second half on the bench there as well. So I don't know that he's a must-have this week. Um, as Nick rightly mentioned, the, the guard spot is a little bit, shallow in terms of who's on the double this week. Um, and I think Reith will have a really good game as well. But I think I'd probably lean, if it's just this week, depends who you've got on the bench to come in for XRM next week. Um, but talking Maybe this week, I'd, I'd, yeah. yeah, I'd go the, the first. If you've got a Majet for next week, then I, I have no issues with that first option, um, provided you're not playing XRM on the on the court for the singles thereafter. Bordy, thoughts? He's got Siva the next week. Oh, got the double. No, they don't have the double. Sorry. Got okay. confused there. Um, I'd probably go the risky one, go the XRM and JLA myself. Um, just noting the two Hawks opponents this week at Cairns and Adelaide. It's quite possible that they could be blowouts. Uh, sorry, sorry, it's Cairns and um, Tassie. I reckon they could possibly be blowouts for the oh, Hawks yeah. if they okay. pull their finger out, which means I reckon XRM plays a lot more minutes than, say, Harvey. Um so even starting XRM, I reckon you could. It could it's a it's a bit more risky bisky, I reckon. But uh, now something you're yeah. looking at doing. I'm glad you chose that option. Mm-hmm. Would you feel better or worse going with Machado and JLA rather than yeah, XRM? Yeah, I'd, I'd be going Machado because um, I, I am going Machado myself. <laughs> yep. Really. Banksy, Banksy, thoughts on Machado versus XRM? Mm, I don't know. I'm not ruling it out. Um, watch. Machado's games, his two games last week, obviously he was on the, the limits restriction, even still in that second limits. game. Minutes restriction um, in the second game still as well. So, I don't know. I'd like to hear that he's not still going to be on that minutes restriction. Um, 
when do they play? Are we going to know if he's starting? Saturday. He's playing the no, Saturday. Friday so, night. Sorry, Friday. So we're not going to know. Either, we're not going to know either way, are we? So. Nick, I'd love to oh, no, know if you Machado's, think... he's going to he's going to shed cash for another week or two as well. So I mean, if you can hold off, you're going to be able to get Machado in really, really cheap. Can, can we get 20 minutes out of Machado this week, Nick? Oh, I think they'll they'll definitely push him up. I mean, they they said they was only going to play nine minutes, and I think he played what 16 ish or something like that. And you'd expect that to ramp up a little bit this week. Um, he he didn't look like he wanted to sit. That's for sure. Uh, I think there was vision of him warming up on the side of the court saying, you know, basically get me in. And uh, I think they'll they'll definitely up his minutes this week. Uh, and, and I think that one thing it does if you do get Machado is it gives you someone probably for the whole season. Uh, and it's probably a trade that you don't have to think about. You know, you're going you're gonna to get him in at some point. Is 100K, to, you know, he's probably only going to drop maybe another 200 at most. Um, and is it worth just getting on a bit earlier and, and, and riding him for the season? I think it is. I think it is, and I, I tend to agree. That's a great point. Everyone, if you're concerned about losing cash, that only really, really hurts you if you're looking at trading them out later on. And if you use that season-long bench stash, then I don't think it's too bad. And Bordy, I'm with you. I'm bringing, I'm bringing him in this week. The thing well. that I like about him this week as well and what I looked at is he's got two games. He's going to lose a 12 in there if they work, you know, because I think they use some sort of three-game, five-game type average, three-game, and it's weighted in some way or another. And you prefer so. this? Come on. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I like it. Um, yeah, I don't know. I just, oh, I'm just, I'm probably just trying to make my decision, make my decision in my head, <laughs> but um, I'm happy that I'll grab Machado now. It means I can upgrade someone else. Um, for McCall rather than maybe getting rid of one of my Hawks guys from a call like Cleveland. Um, so it just made it a little bit easier for me, balance-wise. Beautiful. We've got some more trading questions from Keegan um, Banksy. Do we bring in Rowdy? Ah, thought I'd throw that one to you, sorry. Or Lamar, who would be on the bench this week? Yeah, so really interesting one because we know Rowdy's been huge this week. He's going to go up another 100K regardless of his output. But as was mentioned by Dr. Boyd there, Munford is being cleared um, from COVID protocol, so he will be back this week. Rowdy's been playing huge minutes as a result of um, missing guards at the Phoenix there. And as I said before, I think Patterson, he hasn't had the output that we expected of him bouncing back this season. Um, But Sobey's obviously been out the last couple of games, and is Patterson's output the last couple of games a product of no Sobey there with the extra... Uh, not so much the extra minutes, but, you know, the b- extra ball handling and the, the extra shots that he's got up as a result. So, I don't know. I, I probably it's lean towards one. Brokoff. Um, Dual I'm position. Having, yeah, I'm just le- looking at the schedule there as well. They've both got, obviously, the important round 14 double, so you can't split them there. They've pretty much got, yeah, they've both got five games over the next three weeks as well. So, oh, I don't know. It's Come tough. On. Come on, you're winning the whole, just about winning the whole damn thing. So All right, I'm going, oh, I'm going Patterson. You look, you'd like the look of your team better with Patterson starting in round 14? Yeah. Okay. Gordy, thoughts? I'm rowdy just because oh. Patterson burnt me. Yeah, I'm, I, think I'm, I think I'm rowdy as well. I'm just loving his aggression on the boards and that at the moment. I just think he's putting up... All the numbers, but I, I'm I look. There's there's red flags for both of them at the moment. Obviously, we talked about Patterson, Sobey coming back. 
Um, you know, these are he's been his best games for a while, Patterson. Um, yeah, I don't know. I'm, uh, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with my Phoenix bloke. I think Patterson's done it with Sobey in the team before as well. He Obviously has he had a right. down season, but he has done it before, I think. So, yep, how many right. years ago are we talking, Nick? Love your opinion too. Yeah, I, I, I think I'm I think I'm rolling with Banksy. I think Patterson for me, um, mainly because you're putting him on the bench this week anyway. Um, so the double there for Brokoff is probably wasted. I guess you'd, you'd have to look at the team for uh, if he's playing next week or not, starting next week. Uh, but I think yeah, I think Patterson. He, we know what he can do when he gets going, and he, and he looked like he had a bit of confidence about. He even made, he even dunked it, you know, like so. <laughs> he, he was really getting up there, and and he, and he looked confident. And I think uh, you're right. There there are some red flags, you know, with both of them. But but Patterson, I think, wins it for me. Normally, Patterson and rolling in the same sentence aren't, isn't normally a nice thing, but you've uh, you've managed to turn that into a positive. Now, Bordy, you've mentioned you got Soto. Um, we had a, yep. a question coming from uh, Chris. Uh, is he still a valid bench option given your injury news earlier? No. No. You burn him that bad. I, I, I still no, think I he's think viable. He I think I, I think he is. I think um, now I base my decision on Adelaide missed a couple of games, obviously with COVID pro goals. So now they've got, well, they've played eleven. They've got um, what is Lots it? Six left. in the next, six in the next, and then they've got uh, eleven after post round fifteen left. So I just banked it that he's just pretty much going to sit on the bench for me. Um, and so I just looked at it with just the number of games. I needed cash. Um, so it was really the option. Like I went Majok down to Soto. I think that he's going to score around about what Majok was doing and it pocketed me two or 300K cash, I think, at the time. So okay. he's probably not going to go up much more. But, you know, if he's going to sit there for the rest of the year like he is for me, then it doesn't really matter. Only up 24K last week. Puts him at 470K now. So... If you're looking at him as a cash cow, doesn't look like he's gonna nope. make as much money as you'd hope. If that's the no. reasoning, I'm just thinking with with Humphreys out, he's guaranteed minutes there. I would think there's been all talk about him playing lots of minutes from you know day dot basically. Um, so I think he's gonna put up some scores. You know, some scores he's gonna have a, some weeks he's gonna have a ten like he had last week. But I think he'll um, do a little bit better than that most weeks. Do we have to put a disclaimer that? Body, particularly for you and me, that our sides are very much poverty-packed at the moment. Like, we need someone. Obviously, it's not ideal to have your centre spot taken up by someone who you can't start or play on the field, probably. Um, but as far as cheaper options, he's probably in the top few um, in that price range left in the comp. Yeah, and as I said, I've, I'm a bit stuck at the moment cash-wise, so I needed to do something, and that's what I've chosen to do. He Beautiful. won't, he won't ever play. <laughs> <laughs> he won't. Well, maybe not. Maybe actually, what were we talking about that round, uh, round fourteen? Maybe round fourteen, he might start. We'll see how he's going. Beautiful. All right, start and sits. Now, should we should we start a thing where we give the guest the honour of answering the start and sits because. For me, they're the hardest thing to do, and I'd, I'd much prefer let's to give it. a former winner of yeah, the Dream Team competition. Yeah. Yep. Start sits. They're they're all on Nick, and Nick asks the first questions. So, so. let's start sit there. What is it? Jack White versus Cooks. Um, always back the double, I reckon. Yeah, if they're if they're close on average on on single v double, I think you back the double. And Jack White, I think he's better than his average is putting out at the moment, and, okay. and he can easily have a big one. Um, I think I'd be going White there. Unlucky yep. to miss the dream team. But. 
<laughs> yeah, oh, he's averaging 41 over his last three, um, which suggests maybe a little bit more price rise maybe on the go. I think he went up 57K. Um, I like Jack White. If I could afford him and could slot him aside, I'd just like to have him in there just because I like yeah. him. But uh, that's, that's it. That's yeah. all we got left to play for, people we like in our teams, really. So. Yeah, that's it. And I think Cooks is playing Perth. I know it's in Sydney, but, you know, some, Perth is always a scary team. You know, we always talk about him as an opposition. Um, 34 last time he scored. Yeah, so Perth. there you go. Um, yeah. And so, and and like Nick said, the double, you always go with the double, don't you, most of the time? Most of the time. Let's see if that pans out for the rest of it. So, Nick, next one. Uh, Jalen Adams v Harvey. Uh, again, Adams on a single, Harvey on a double. Be closer. Oh, yeah, I, I still think Harvey. I think I think Adams has been a little bit, um, you know, up and down with his form in the last three. Um, he, he had one good game this round, one poor game. I think he had a, a reasonably poor game uh, at the end of last round too. So. Yeah, I, I think I'd head towards Harvey. Uh, Bay, Bayless was back this week too, which I think cut into Adams' minutes a little bit. Do we know what Harvey? Uh, sorry, what Adams scored on Perth last time out? I wouldn't have picked this. I don't ever remember it. I don't know if Norton was in, but um, 75. Norton's in now. Can I though. change what I said? <laughs> <laughs> Harvey averaging 26 in his last three, 28 in his last five. But they do have, I feel, favourable matchups this week. Yeah, I'd be going the doubles as well. Just, I'd, yep. I'd love, love to get your mindset, Banksy, with all your Sydney players. We're looking at overtime is the greatest thing that we can possibly get in fantasy. When you've got your captains playing, Jalen Adams smashes home the dunk. Yes, you've got Adams in your team. You're feeling excited. He goes to the line. He shoots the free throw. It misses. Are you yes. excited when he misses, even though he's in your uh, team? You read my mind. Um, <laughs> I was. I think I actually wrote it on the Discord chat. Everyone's up and about about the the dunk and the obviously the Jarrell winner. But I said, oh, I, was, I, was, uh, I know. But I was, I was hoping for a team also. <laughs> so with four kings, I needed it. Uh, there you go. So I, th- I still thought it was nice fantasy. Missed the free throw, get the assist. Well done, Jalen. That was grouse. All right. He got, he got the offensive board as well. That's yeah. it. Good play. Good fantasy. <laughs> Start save, sit. Save Rowdy, Bro- a little bit. Rowdy broke off or uh, Agada, Nick? Ooh. Do we just oh, refer gee, to the weird. dream team? Yeah. Yeah. Well, we went with Agada, didn't we? So yeah. I, I think we, we roll with that. Um, I think his ceiling probably gets him over the line there. He, you know, he, he's he got that ceiling where he can go really, really big, um, a garter. So, yeah, I think I'd be starting a garter. Um, but you're not who, happy with Rowdy's 70 or whatever he had? Yeah, what do you have? A 100 and something over the over the round as well. Oh, yeah. a, lot of, a lot of steals in there for Rowdy too. You can't. And See also, doing that we talked week. about already, but Mumford coming back. Um, yeah. Adam might play more minutes now, all that sort of stuff. So, Banksy, who are you cursing with your trade-outs this week? It was Garner oh. last week. So, like, I think you said it was Jack White. John had last three. Yeah, last three. They've, they've been disasters, I know. Travers. Franks, Travers, and then Agata. Um, obviously couldn't go, on, go wrong with trading Majuk out. But, yeah, Agata went nuts. He had a 67, so that was nice after trading him out. Um, <laughs> interestingly, this week, I was just looking at his stats against this week's opponents. So, had the 67 last week against Perth. Plays the Phoenix. He only had a 12 on them, but that was back in round two. Um, and I 
played New Zealand for a 38. So not great scores. Different player this time of season, I think, isn't it? So, all right, last one from Charlie. Start sit, Wreath versus Zim. So um, are we going to get Stephen, the tall white, or Zimmerman? What do you think, Nick? Yeah, well, in the in the dream team, um, we did we did have this conversation, didn't we? And, mm, yeah, and it ended right. with it ended with Zimmerman in. Um, but you know, Reese form of late, I tell you, I'm I'm tempted with him. I, I'd almost flip a coin here, but can't go I wrong. Like Reese, but the stats tell you Zimmerman. Mm, tough one. I like so the they matchups play for each Reith, other. But I'd be honest, yeah, they play each other in the first game, but I like the matchups for uh, Illawarra, as Banksy mentioned earlier, Magnaless Hawks. Um, so, yeah. So yeah, Reese for me. All right, I think that's been really good, Boyd. Do you want to wrap us up? I've got to, hang on, I've got, just before we do, oh, no, can I, I've just no, I've seen there's a late questions come in, and oh, we obviously spoke it. about um, you know teams like. Benny and Boydies, we're, we're trying to free up some cash. So that's the only reason I want to highlight it. We spoke about Soto, but Charlie Horse just sent in on the Discord chat there, also trying to free up some cash. Quoll versus um, Natai as a cheap Benchy to free up some cash. I actually floated um, the latter last week in our group chat, um, and he again played quite well. But <laughs> if you're trying to... Free up some cash. What are our thoughts on those two this week? Um, do we know? Do we know how long noise out for? Or because so that, we, that, un- we we do un- not we understand know. that it's indefinite due to some personal stuff. Okay. Um, but yeah, not not anytime soon is the uh, indication that we've got. Um, minutes wise is where I just have gone to straight away there. Um, thinking um, what was the impact of Machado's return um, on Qual. He obviously played the, his, the first game. He hasn't played 30 minutes in quite some time. Um, I was a Natai owner last year and found him to be pretty handy in my, my crappy team as it was at the time. But um, I think... Uh, any of, would you consider any of them playable on the doubles? If and if and if not, don't you just take the extra cash? That'd I be thought Quall was la, and I had him starting last week, but that was a bit of a disaster, wasn't it? So um, yeah, I'm with you, Benny. I think now I've got I'm a Qual owner, so I'm not going to change it now. But I would probably almost be going Natai because he's almost half the cost of Qual if you're going to be going one of those guys. And they scored the same. They both scored 40s across the double last week but you're right one's half the price of the other and the minutes have been there for natai as well yeah i, I should pre-preference that preference but then i i got coal a couple of weeks ago now i think and yeah. um yeah i've had him for two weeks so and my decision at the time was to bring him in because at the time Cairns had like like the most games by a lot, and I did. This is when I talked about my famous calculator. Um, got the sharp. I don't know what it is. Financial calculator that I got. Not a text instrument. I'll give you the I'll give you the model number if, for those people fans playing at home that wanted to know about the calculator. Um, Product sponsor. Look at. And um, yeah, I just played the numbers game based on average at the time. Um, and or actually, I didn't use average. I I worked out 
what I thought he might average across the rest of the year because his average was pretty high at the time because he had a couple of those big scores. Um, so I think I went with like an average of 21 or something like that. I hope that he sort of averages around that, and that's what he did last round, kind of. So, um, yeah. Any thoughts on it, Nick? It's all yeah. Oh, this is the stuff we get though. It's not yeah, not, it's, not enticing. Yeah, no, it's not. Neither really jump out of the page. I mean, Natai, he didn't play the first three rounds. Uh, was he injured? Is, was he injured? Was he? Yeah. Yep. Okay. There you go. And um, yeah, I've got what do you got? Jawai to come back. Jerick maybe more minutes. Oh, Noy don't know there. Yeah. Look, I, I think. I think Natai probably at the cheaper price and take a few price rises out of him and see where you get to. The other thing I liked about Qual is he was starting earlier in the year, even when Noy was playing, Machado was playing. Um, the only one that wasn't playing was Jarek, but based on his game coming back last round, last what their last game where he was putting up junk on the run threes and you saw, I don't know if anyone saw the footage of um, Forty wasn't too happy with it, to be honest. <laughs> He just Sounds dribbled up the court, had a player up there with him as well, and he's just like gone dribble up straight away into like a running three-point hey, shot. So just wasn't wasn't wrapped. No, he wasn't happy. Um, yeah, so I, I, I do like Qual. I think he gets stats across the board, but maybe he's a little bit too expensive now. I wish I'd jumped on a little bit earlier, um, to be honest, but then you would have been riding out all those zeros they had at, at the time and as well. I think that's it, guys. Um, so thanks, Nick, uh, for joining us uh, on the pod this week. Um, as always, you can find Nick at NBL underscore DT on Twitter. Uh, you can find us at B-Ball underscore blokes on Twitter as well. We are also on Facebook, Basketball Blokes, and on the number one source of NBL fantasy information, www.basketballblokes.com. Nick, thanks for joining us, mate. I hope you had a good time. Thanks, boys. Loved it. Had a great time. Beautiful. And until next time, ciao.